The Comedy Store would like you to know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are strictly those of the speakers or authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by the Comedy Store and its affiliates. Welcome to Who's In Store. This is the... Is that what it's still called? Yes, Who's In Store. This is the podcast where the, the door guys at the Comedy Store... Uh, interview the paid regulars for a few minutes when they drop by on uh, the weekend, which they often do. Yeah, so right after their set, usually we'll get them for three or four minutes, yeah. and we'll hold them down, and then we'll, uh, we'll release them. And they always drop in jewels on us. <laughs> and like the last time I did it, it was incredible. So uh, I'm Brian Simpson. And I am the newest door guy at the Los Angeles Comedy Store, and... And I'm Renee Lancaster. I've been here uh, three years this month. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And you also were at the... La- I, yeah, I worked at the La Jolla Comedy Store for a year and a half, and I've been here actually now for three years, so that's a total of four and a half years as a door guy. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that door guy life. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Now we got a podcast. We're interviewing paid regs. You know, It's very sparse. It's all good. It's like being a pirate, but you, but you don't get any treasure. <laughs> all your treasures intangible you know that's true but one day i will find that yeah. booty <laughs> yeah no no one <laughs> sees no one sees no one sees how how rich you are from you know oh yeah so so we're looking forward to uh some paid regs here momentarily yeah yeah and uh yeah so we just wait now we just wait So, uh, with us here now is Earl Skakel. What's up? Paid regular Earl Skakel. You got that right. <laughs> uh, I can barely... How are you, uh, feeling, uh, Earl, about being a paid regular? It's the best, you know. It's and, the best, uh, best club in the world. Can, what? You, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Put on the other set. We'll edit this in post. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> you mean Ari Manis? Ari will edit this in. You got it? You good? Nope. You can't hear me? No. Probably these. These were. Maybe I'm going deaf. Um. Uh. Because you were. You were able to hear me earlier, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hear me now? Anything? Only in this ear. What the fuck? It, it must. Be. Is it my mic? <clears throat> No, it's not. Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Only in my left ear. Oh, uh, yeah, there we go. Oh, something was out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, okay, now we can. Yeah, the ratings. All right, let's <laughs> yeah. uh, So we have uh, comedian Earl Skakel. Uh, Earl Skakel. Uh, paid regular here at the. I, he's kind of a newer paid regular, right? Earl, when did you get passed? Uh, about two years ago, maybe. Uh, actually, yeah, two years this, uh, I think, December. So. Oh, little, shit, it's been a minute. Two years. Okay. Well, they don't pass a lot of people here. That's so true. It's, it's been a while. I just it seemed like that. I always forget that Adam took over like two years ago. It seems like it was, uh, you know, like the other day. But damn, time flies. Yeah, yeah. Me and Candace were the first two passed since. Early. Oh, really? Since, uh, since you know the takeover, <laughs> the regime change, the takeover, which was long overdue. Yeah, a lot of people feel. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. How come I feel that way? No, I said uh, a lot of people do. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of people like Tommy, 
you know, I recently, not recently, probably about four or five months ago, had him on my own podcast, and it's it's probably the most popular episode ever. Like, it's a great, what is great your, podcast. What is the name of your podcast? Uh, it's just called Inappropriate Earl. And, uh, usually I have like uh, 80s metal guys on and actors from the 80s just because that's my favorite uh, decade. But Nice. I had heard through the grapevine that Tommy had uh, reached out to uh, Mark Marin to do his podcast. And I don't know what Mark said, but I'm sure it was like uh, involved a two-word response. <laughs> so I'm like, well, if you yes, want... Yes, please. Uh, yeah, no, fuck off. So uh, I was like, well, if he wants to talk, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would uh, be interested in his... Uh, oh, yeah, if you guys, you guys should check that out. Inappropriate Earl podcast, the Tommy Morris episodes. And if, if, you're, if you don't know who that is, he was a previous talent coordinator before Adam Egan. Especially... And, um, uh, I would say the first. I did two episodes with him, so it's it's essentially a, a, an almost five hour podcast. But the first episode, I will nominate against anyone <laughs> as podcast episode of the year. It's worth it because he gives a lot of history about this place and in uh, his interaction with Mitzi Shore, who you know started the comedy store and is the owner, and a lot of good, a lot of good juicy stuff there. Well, he, I don't know anything about him at all, and and, I, and so my, because you know, I'm the newest door guy, so I don't know. You know, everybody, everyone I talk to has something to say though about Tommy, and it, it, it's quite it's a not, character. It's not all bad, um, but mostly bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was known. Um, well, he obviously had some uh, very interesting accounting methods, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> his uh, view. But, that, but that's but that's not the thing that everyone hated. Oh no! Well, he had, he had some uh, interesting views on certain elements of society. Uh, so <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's uh, he, he was kind of like Donald Trump. Like he he would say these outrageous things, exactly. uh, but because he was in a position of power and, and over comics, he had the ultimate power of spots. Uh, you know, you just kind of sat there and that's so funny. That's a that's actually a good comparison. Yeah, he would just say this these outlandish things, and you're just like, I I guess it's he's right because he's I don't, I don't he's understand that power. because why would this because he was the talent coordinator when this place was dying. Well, you, you know, so w why were the spots here so precious? I don't get it. Well, you're more comics. I mean, you know, I was, there was a time when I was trying to get into Sal's comedy hole. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, crazy, okay. so fucking right. dumb. I'm and stuck. his club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both are empty. Uh, I mean, we're all whores as comics. You know, we'll we'll do any gig. I mean, I'm I'm doing. Yeah, but but you have a line. I mean, it's certain it's certain levels of shit I'm not gonna put up with. I don't give a fuck what the gig is. I mean, you know, that's either very admirable or you know. Uh, I mean, I have a line. Um, if I'm disrespected, that's my line. Uh, where I will. Um, but that's what I mean. But you know, it, it's it's. You know, this is the top comedy club in the country, man. That's so true. it's like you got it's. I mean, there's levels of disrespect, though. I mean, I'll I put up with a little bit of disrespect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, well, you would have if you would have met Tommy, trust me. Wow. Uh, so do you feel like this club is, uh, like, respects you now that Tommy's gone? Like, Oh, you... absolutely. I mean... Well, now it's all about respect. Well, I think, uh, you know, Adam had seen... I was lucky enough that Adam had seen me four years ago open up for Rob Schneider and uh, Jeff Richards. And, Whoa, uh, name dropping. Well, it's true. No, it's I'm it's where I saw me. No, I'm kidding. I know, I know. I'm totally uh, kidding. <laughs> so has the... Uh, I wasn't even the feature. I was the host, you know, which is the worst 
job because they're all there to see Rob Schneider. I mean, that Rob Schneider draws like no one else. Maybe Russell Peters. Like you put his name on a marquee in any club in the country, it's a sellout. So it was a tough uh, room most nights actually because you know you're in a room of 500 people and not literally not one is there to see you. <laughs> Even my girlfriend at the time would go to see Rob. <laughs> fucking bitch. Uh, yeah, I'll go if Rob's on. Yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that before. Was That's Rob fine. doing uh, an hour? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I got time. You should, so. just, you should just tell, uh, you know, from here on out, you know, your significant others that Rob is going to be on and then just be like, oh, he canceled. <laughs> Well, now for once, they want to know show. if I'm going to be on. So yeah, there you go. Times have changed, thanks we, to the roast we, battle, mainly. We, we like to pick a question to ask, but we didn't really discuss it before. What question do you think I kind of asked ask? a couple or sort of spurts? I mean, I've been there. up here long, probably. Uh, I mean, people thought I was passed up here because I just, you know, I was here so much. But, uh, I, mean, what, I mean, I think people admire me not so much for my comedy, but the fact that I stuck it out. Like I'm the ultimate example of a guy who had the either the persistence or stupidity to not quit. You know, it's just my 16th year in comedy, so it took me 14 years to get past here. Most wow. most people probably would have bailed out at oh, yeah. seven totally. years, maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of people bail out seven months. Well, that's a good thing because uh, yeah. you know, but uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of bad comedy out there. Oh yeah. People might think I'm one of them, so who knows? It's mostly bad. Well, you I think, think so? it's uh hmm. I don't think people put in the work. I mean, I think it's true it's true of all. I think it's it's both sides cuz there's just so many comedians uh, you know, nowadays that it's just like you got tons of great comics, you got tons of bad comics. You got both sides, I think. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I'm the worst comic on the lineup most nights here, and I'm, you know. Well, this is cuz it's like the hottest comedy in the comedy yeah. in the comedy club and you got like yeah, Bill like Burr and- <laughs> but I mean no I'm saying I mean I'm pretty funny or whatever and if I'm the worst comic on the lineup that's like you know you got Marin Bird Rogan Jeselnik exactly uh, so it's I consider it an honor just to be on the lineup at one in the morning totally the whole I mean the lineups are solid like beyond I mean they're beyond solid like all of them like even even the late spots even Earl Skakel you know he's saying he's the worst but he's not you know but I mean, you know, in comparison, I guess to the in terms of fame and notoriety, exactly. I, I you know I'm placed on the line of where I but this club be. is this club is great. I think everyone's solid. I mean, you have to be to be a paid regular. So yeah, especially under Adam. I mean, with Tommy, it was a little more, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, oh, this guy's good looking, you know. And it wasn't like Tommy wasn't gay, you know. It was like the weirdest thing. He would pass all these good looking comics. Like I like this guy's cheekbones. Yeah, He's yeah. But I mean, I've seen him say stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> And it was like, what was he funny? Uh, well, like this guy's marketable. Yeah, which yeah. I get. You know, I, I mean, that. you know, just the way the business is. I mean, I'm sure there were every TV executive in the world who saw roast battle looked at all 16 battlers in Montreal and said, "How could we cast this person? Where could we cast Christy Cello and True. something who was the girl with the really high pitched voice mm-hmm. and." Right. She's got a great look. Where could we pack, uh, cast Olivia Grace and, you know, she could be like the quirky young, you know, uh, troubled daughter or whatever. With the, Earl could be the, you know, older, creepy father or whatever. You're writing so. this down? Because this is good stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys really plan this out. No, we didn't. We didn't no, we were just, I've been, we've been throwing so, questions okay, in, here, but Brian. Here's my question. 
when when was the moment that you knew okay i'm never going to stop doing comedy like now this is it i mean i always knew i was funny enough like and not i'm anyone who knows me knows i'm not a cocky person at all so i, I don't mean that in a cocky way but you got to really believe in yourself but it has to be you have to be delusional but you also have to be uh believable in your delusion like it would not be um believable if i said i can play in the nba at the age of 48 and i'm i'm white six one with no vertical leap so plausible delusions right even if i thought i can i'm gonna practice basketball every day <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen and it's delusional mm. to think you can make it in this business. You'd be killing the rec center, though. Oh, dude, I was dominating <laughs> in grade school, but because uh, I was the same size. I've been the same size since fourth grade, oh. <laughs> literally. They not maybe quite as muscular, but like uh, in fourth grade, that doctor was like, "You're gonna grow up to be past seven feet. We're probably gonna have to take your thyroid out at some point." Wow. Um, so I uh, thought you were the next Andre the Giant. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> I, take your thyroid out if you keep growing. Yeah, like there's that uh, UFC fighter uh, Bigfoot Silva. If you've ever seen him, he's uh, <laughs> they took his out, so he kind of looks really weird because he's about six five, not huge, but he's got like the head of someone who was seven five. So they like stopped him like mid, maybe where they shouldn't have, or it was too late, and they did the surgery anyway. Uh, but that's what they were talking about doing with me. So in grade school, I was uh, dominating, like ba <laughs> basketball, dominating, football. Uh, we'd play tackle football at uh, Beverly Hills Catholic School. No one could tackle me. I mean, I was just a man child. Uh, <laughs> kickball. Good. I mean, I, oh, it did. Kickball, I was like the Alex Rodriguez of kickball. Like, I would kick the ball so fucking far that – they would just give me a home run basically every time. And uh, my That's first, the eighth ball we lost today. Yeah, I mean, my first uh, uh, day at Notre Dame High School, I saw two black kids who were like six six, you know, pretty skinny but big to me. And I'm like, well, what grade are you guys in? And they're like freshmen. I'm like, oh fuck, man, where are the golf tryouts? Like, <laughs> you know, so Damn, I didn't know they would take. What, but what the, what do you lose if you lose your thyroid? You know, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's uh, something. I think it's uh, well, Rogan would be the best to have on to talk because he's uh, he's really... never going to talk to us. Well, no, you don't know. He, he would actually. He, he loves so. supporting he's, he's nice to us. smaller projects. Love Rogan. Like, you know, he mentions uh, my name on his podcast. You know, once or twice a month, just mainly talking about roast battle, and he doesn't have to. You know, he could just talk about roast battle, and uh, every time he does it, I get a hundred followers. Wow. Oh, wow! So he's he's awesome. He would do this, like, uh, but I think it's they take out something. Uh, I'm not sure where the pituitary <laughs> gland. Uh, it's the thyroid and the pituitary gland, and uh, it, it those are the main uh, things in your body that produce growth hormone. So, but you, is that the only thing they do? I'm pretty sure. I'm not incredibly knowledgeable because I stopped. Uh, growing you know <laughs> you know I, I didn't get any bigger like fifth sixth grade I didn't, there was no growth spurts high school there was no growth spurt wow it's like oh this is it damn so i was killed it on the golf course though nice well i made the notre dame high golf team because my dad had a membership at bel air country club <laughs> so but they had to put me in one match to make it legal like they had to like it's like you had to play in one match to justify being on the team like you it'd be like the equivalent of 
you know, putting a guy in and you know the fourth period of a basketball game just to like everyone has to play oh, uh, type thing. So uh, mm-hmm. I broke my putter on the first hole because uh, I got pissed. So that for the remaining eight holes, I had to putt with my driver. So I, <laughs> I literally shot like you know a hundred for nine holes, and that was my last match for Notre Dame. <laughs> Fuck Damn. Coach Thomas. Damn. Do you uh do you want to like uh, plug anything? Anything you got coming up? Yeah. Or you know you like, uh, like Twitter to plug or some something? Questions into this podcast. I thought. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I thought we, we've asked a few. No, no, I'm just. Dude, what do you we, guys do? Like seven, eight minutes with each. It's only supposed to be like three or four minutes. Oh fuck! So I'm going into OT right now. No, I mean you you can stay as long as you want, but it's just that I think they just they don't want it to be. Oh okay. They, they don't, don't want, want like right, right. They don't want to be long because then people don't want to do it. Right. Do it. Uh, I mean, the only really things to plug for me is uh, my Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Earl Skakel, E-A-R-L-S-K-A-K-E-L, and uh, Inappropriate Earl, my podcast on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. I have a lot of store regulars on. and uh, Nice. I've had uh, door guys on. Stuart Thompson was just on, and uh, Frank Castillo, and uh, a lot of roasters. So it's, uh, it's very store. Uh, it's not store-based, but there's a lot of store uh, family on it. Nice. Store centric. Yeah. <laughs> Store centric, roast battle centric. You know. Cool. Right on. You want to ask any more questions? Or? I was going to say, I don't know. It was supposed to be short. Ari's going to be like, what the fuck is this? Got to edit all this shit. But I talk out. a lot, so, you know. No, it's good. I I, I figured most uh, most of the paid regulars probably like, want to get in and out, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, it's I, my first time I, doing it. I don't know. I mean, because I, I don't know any of them. So I'm just assuming. <laughs> just like I was like, oh, Joe Rogan would never do this. And he was like, oh, no, he would. And I was like, I don't know. Well, he would. I guarantee yeah, you Joe, if he were Joe here. Joe hangs out and talks to the door guys a lot. So he yeah, he's a really it. nice guy. He's very, because uh, he gets how hard your guy's job is and, you know, how hard it is. Like in my case, being an unknown comic, he was an unknown comic at one time. And so he gets it. Tight. Yeah, tight. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it, right? Call, this, I mean, call the podcast Awkward Endings. Yeah. Uh, how about Awkward Beginnings? <laughs> how about just Awkward? We have a paid regular Jason Collings in here with us. You know, we can actually, because I have oh, my I twin brother, David Collings, sitting right next to me. Oh, my God. Two for the price of one. I just wrote that song. Yeah, if you listen to a previous podcast, Jason Collings has a great story about how he got started in comedy. Um, but I have a question for you, Jason, aside from that. like, What does the status paid regular at the comedy store mean to you? Paid regular? Okay, it has honestly nothing to do with money. <laughs> True, that's true. It is is about being part of this historical comedy club. You know, this is is the center of stand-up comedy in Los Angeles, California. You know, you you mean, and being a part of this place and having your name on the wall, it's just, it's huge. It's history. My name's on the wall with some people that, you know, I grew up watching and and, uh, I wish that I could have met. And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, pretty big deal to me. Pretty big deal to me. Well said. How come you're not lo- looking at me? There you go. How you doing? Oh. <laughs> now, uh, now, you're, now, your brother, uh, from what I hear, you're a brilliant writer. Right? Absolutely. Well, he doesn't. You heard that. That's great. <laughs> I have heard that, yeah. He's a great writer. It. David is a great writer. Anytime I have a new bit or anything like that that I'm working on, I always run it by David. He's, he's helped me punch up a lot of stuff. I fix it. 
<laughs> and then what he likes to do when I'm on stage, if I'm having a really good night, he likes to lean into the person next to him and go, I wrote that bit. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> he saved your ass when you first started, when you were like, yeah, I'm a comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. And I said, I called David up and said, we need to write some jokes. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So y'all, are y'all working on anything? It was on my front porch. I remember we got that. a couple of pilots that we're working on writing. You know, we're get, tr- yeah. trying to get them trying to get them out there we got one that we finished that's basically about me and my home life with my kids and stuff like that and then we got another a few other ones that we're we're working on around a little, yeah. we're thinking about trying to get into a drama trying to write nice. a drama yeah because yeah. we're a couple of really dramatic dudes yeah i don't I doubt that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very dramatic but so yeah, what's been going on lately with you? Man? A lot of road. Been on the road a lot with Mr. Brent Morin and I. Did a bunch of cities. We were on the road pretty much all spring and summer. I mean, name it, we went there in the in the, in the country. We didn't go overseas, but uh, yeah, did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of doing a lot of my own headlining your gigs. Favorite, your favorite place? Oh man, I love New York. Yeah. New York was a lot of fun, man. I just really it, it's it's amazing how many sets you can do in one night within a few blocks. In that city, it's a it's a fun city, but you know, all of them are fun. You know, I, I enjoyed. You know, there was a few that were like, eh, but uh, for the most part, you know, all of everywhere we went, we just we just had a blast. Made made the best of it. The local people there were amazing to us, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're we're doing Philly, I think, in November. I was supposed to do Cobb's with Brent, but I'm I'm doing a week at Brad Garrett's next week. The worst city in America. It's the <laughs> it's the birthplace of our country, man. The, but, I mean, just I mean, not everyone is horrible, but like as a whole, I've never been. Hor- I mean, now, now I'm a little biased because I'm a, I'm a Skins fan. Okay, but only only when we played the Eagles or the Raiders did we have like people throwing bottles and shit, and oh, fighting in the restroom. They're the only people that'll fight you with your dick out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Philly uh, yeah, Eagles they, fans are that. Yeah, they, like, they they're dick out fighters, huh? Yeah, okay, I'll remember that when I they go. They fight each other. They'll we're boo, not... They boo their own team and shit. Wow. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to get a get a game in. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not trying to dis- I mean, I'm not trying to discourage you from going to Philly. I just hate that. I just want to run up those stairs, man, into the Rocky pose, you know? That's what I want to do. <laughs> do you... Uh, I find that the best crowds are the sober crowds. The, like, have you ever done an AA or NA? I did a lot of those when I was when I first started. Uh, they had them in houses and stuff like that. I did a lot of those. They were fun, and they, you know what they love? They love to be made fun of. Yeah, they love to be called out on their shit. It's hilarious. If you do, if you're doing an AA, talk about alcoholics. They'll love it. Oh yeah, they're fucking. Yeah, they're, they're great crowds. They're just happy. Just to be, <laughs> we made it today. We're here, not in jail. And ice cream. That's it. Hmm. That's it. Man, I've done all those kids. I've done the teenage. Have you done the teen tours over there at the? Oh man, they have shows at the Improv every summer that are just for a bunch of teenagers, a bunch of rich teenagers. I mean, like, I'm not, but I'm not talking like 19 year olds. I'm talking about 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kids, rich, Shit. rich kids that have been shipped over here on vacation. Yeah, that and seems like it'll be awful. Oh, it's so fun. And you and you just make fun of them. You just tease <laughs> them. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm down to do that. They have it, It's fun. It's a fun show. So why? So if you're if you're funny too, mm-hmm. I mean, you get this a lot. How come you haven't done stand up too? Well, I don't want to upstage them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I I don't have that desire to be a performer at all. I prefer kind of being behind the scenes. And were you guys yeah, here the night I brought him up on stage in the original? Room? No, I brought him on stage in the in the original room one night. It was pretty fun. It was terrifying. It was terrifying. And the crowd's <laughs> like, wait, there's two of them. Were yeah. they tripping? Or? Well, he was doing this thing where he was saying, 
uh, he does this thing. He's always dad mad. You know, Jason's always dad mad. Grouchy. He's always, grouchy. always grouchy. And he's talking about how things piss him off. And my brother pissed me off today, too. He he started talking about how uh, it's easy. What I do is easy. Like, he can come up here and be me. Mm. And, you know, he's here tonight. Because I showed up. And I it, this happens all the time with Jay and I. I showed up. Happened to be wearing the exact Yeah, we were dressed right? like that. Night. <laughs> and um, he says, you think you, can, you guys want to, my brother's here. You yeah, I said, he thinks he can be me. Right. Nice. And then I bring him on stage yeah. and it's me. Yeah. <laughs> His self walks on stage. And, and then, then he kills. to each other. <laughs> and then he, then he killed. Then he killed for yeah, 20 yeah. minutes. God, so you killed? <laughs> no, I didn't kill. <laughs> no, I didn't kill at all. <laughs> and when, him and, when he was first starting out, I, I ran a room for a while and I hosted a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was fun, but it just wasn't not what I wanted to do. It's just it's not in me. It's not a thing that I'm interested in at all. Really, I mean, maybe a little. I don't know. It's it's just not like oh, I got to get up there and you know what I mean. You never know, though, guys. But you're a smart yeah. person. That's how I know you're a smart guy because there's there's a lot of people that don't realize that until yeah. you after know, they like, try. There's there, there's people that still haven't figured it out, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's not say any names, but there's people that right. need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. I mean, I, 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 I was told that I did well, and I'm wondering if I did because I didn't give a shit. There was nothing at stake for me. I wasn't like, you know, I didn't care. Worst kind of funny is somebody that's trying really hard yeah, to be funny, yeah. and he just, you know. Yeah, the funniest people are the ones that are just telling, just telling the truth. Yep. And but let me run some bits by you guys. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> cell phones, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot, I gotta go. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, no, that was That's cool. Yeah, perfect. Nice was it too short? We can no, go longer. No, 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 no. It was perfect. Perfect. All right, yeah, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this all the time. Jason yeah, Collins, you got any uh, shows coming up? Anything you want to uh, tell us? I, in about uh, ten minutes, I'll be in the belly room upstairs. <laughs> and then in about an guys and then in about an, through time uh, when this gets out. And, and then in about an the hour, room. I'll be there. No, uh, <laughs> let's see. October tenth uh, to the sixteenth, I'll be at uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at MGM Grand. Nice. Come see me do that. Dope. I will be in Philly the weekend of the nineteenth. In November, okay. 17, 18, 19th in November. Anything you want to plug? And I think it's the new punchline. No, I'll be I'll be home later, <laughs> watching Netflix or something. Yeah. I'll tell you. Typing. David and Chase. Jason Collins. Yeah. Jason Collins and David Collins, everybody. Thank right. guys. Thank you. Shut Welcome up. Welcome back. We got a we got I mean, a special treat. We got a two for one. No, you shut up. We got Bobby Lee and Eric Griffin. Oh hell yeah! Two paid yeah. regulars. Oh my yeah, God. Eric and I um, have a very uh, stormy relationship. Contentious. Contentious. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Me but um, wow. I want to punch him in the face whenever I see him, but I also want to hug him and <laughs> and maybe eat his butthole. <laughs> oh. No, oh I would God. never, I would never eat your butthole. You would. Shut up. You think I would? <laughs> how much right money How much money, money think, do you think I would eat your butthole? I think you would eat my butthole for like 500 Grand? There's people no. that would eat buttholes. Five hundred dollars? No, dude, way up, bro. <laughs> isn't the real question here? I mean, is the real question is is getting your butthole eaten? Is that a fair payment for getting punched in the face? No. What are you, no, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? What kind of exchange do you have? He said when he sees you, he wants to punch you and eat your butthole. What kind of exchange rate are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I would never use butthole, first of all, and I don't know why I just opened that way. <laughs> I'm just saying that we have a stormy you relationship. the door. I did open the door. Okay. I apologize. God. Okay. Uh, my name is Bobby Lee. That's Eric Griffin. I forgot your name, my black friend. Brian Simpson. <laughs> there we go, the racism. That's, not, that's not racism. 
It just, but it's, it's an undertone. I know. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean? It, that's how it starts. Yeah. With, and we've got young Bilbo Baggins here. <laughs> yeah, we have young Bilbo. But you see, you didn't say his race. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 way, <laughs> it's way worse to be Bilbo than my black friend. I'll tell you that right now. You literally look like a hobbit to me. Like when I look at you, I, I want to see fairies behind you and, and deep forest trees. You know, I mean... You it are like a opening fucking scene, opening scene of one of the rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's sitting there waiting for Gandalf. Yeah, like against a tree reading a book. Like That's that. you, dude. Yeah. Against a tree. Yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you are just a you weird looking guy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and you, you, I don't know what you look like, but um, Bobby just got off. Stage. I just got off the yeah, stage. I, I, I hated them yeah, was, so fucking much. Why did you? Why did you hate them? It was a tight crowd. Very tight. And um, it's also like Margaret was like Margaret Cho was like I'm gonna watch you I'm like don't but then you know obviously I, I look up to her and I love her and I don't I don't want her to see me work on stage I want yeah. her to see me kill yeah and so whenever I go when the, a girl, somebody stays to watch you it's always that and it's always like the odds are like like when someone like that says they're gonna watch you it's when the the, the room is dead and like yeah tight. yeah 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 that sucks just bad timing it's, it's in your head probably in my head by and that's it, what, what, what is it about her that you look up to what well um Ooh, there's wow. met wow yeah um there's an undertone to that there's a little <laughs> yeah a little undertone there um I'll tell you what it is about her that I love <laughs> and um if you can hear me out I um back in the nineties when uh, wait, wait wait before you go on. Let me just ask you this. Yeah. If she was a black woman, <laughs> not an Asian woman, uh-huh. would we even be talking about her? I don't know because I don't know if I'd be friends with you if you were um, Filipino well, or, sure. or you know, still be white. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know who you are. Okay, go You're on a with big your story. Fat. You start, yeah, here we go. See? The insults. You can't Mocha <laughs> colored. But this is Homo. butterscotch. Okay. Butterscotch. Um, so in the nineties, I, you know, in my head, I was like, maybe stand up, but there was no body really doing it that had my, you know, a voice that I could like latch onto, you know? And because all the Asian comics in the eighties were Tamaya Atsuki, guys like Johnny Yoon, John Krang, Jackson Purdue, there were guys that just, I just didn't relate to. Right. So, and then when Margaret came along, she seemed like somebody that could make my cousin or my sister. She seen she, her point of view was an American-born Asian person, you know, with immigrant parents, and I could relate to all that. And also gave me a doorway to walk through, and that's why I did stand up was because of her. And so, without her, I wouldn't be here. Oh shit! Yeah, she Damn. is um, the Steve. first, and a lot of Asian. You love to talk to Steve Byrne, me, Doctor Kent, a lot of people, Randall Park. You will all our roots go back. She's the godmother of it. She's the she's the Asian Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I don't even know. That. I think she's even bigger than that in, in uh, our eyes. Yeah, I mean I she so, yeah. she was um, our Moses. You know, so hmm. that's why I love her. Huh. Who's the, who's that person for you, Eric? Um, I don't know. Like a person like that. It was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. 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 Because I remember watching. Delirious. I didn't like Delirious, by the way. I wasn't a huge fan of Delirious. I thought it was funny. I thought Saturday Night Live was funny. Was him on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He but just had it raw. It was raw for me. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's intrinsically a funny guy. Yeah. And like he funny. had also had a rock star like attitude. Like he was so confident and so charismatic that obviously every color, anybody that lived in this planet 
loved Delirious. That was like an amazing. Loved it. Loved it. But that was the first time I thought, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you ever got to meet him? No. No. It just He walks around here some, sometimes, like yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah. I didn't want to go up to him and be like, hey. I got stuck. Um, <laughs> there was a main, they were showing the main room, right? And Pilate goes, dude, come sit next to me. And I sat next to him. And then Charlie Murphy and Eddie Murphy sat next to me because I was the only two seats. So I'm in between Paulie Shore, Charlie, and Eddie. Wow, what a difference. Right? And I'm sitting there going, how the fuck do I get out of here? I needed to get out of this situation immediately because I wasn't enjoying what... I don't even remember what was going on on stage. That's, you know, the only moment I really, I've really i had like that to really hear at the store to enjoy something was like... Because I was also a fan of Martin Lawrence when I was coming up. I, yeah. just, I remember his half hours, one of the best half hours... Okay, now I bought his. This is the first comedy album I ever bought. Was a talking shit. Um, so the other, he was up, and I had to go next. So it was like Martin Lawrence is like he didn't know who I was, you know. He's yeah. Like, who next? You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I said to him, I said, "You the first album album I ever bought when I was, you know." And he was like, "My man." And that's it. Yeah. That's the only interaction. He took. Wow. He, I dude. I've been opening for him like whenever he, whenever he came ten years ago when he would play the comedy store. I don't know why, but he would just request me to open up and then bring him on the main room. In fact, I I met one of my girlfriends through that, right? But I never met him. Like I was in the green room in the back. He'd be there, you know, his manager Michael, uh -huh. and I would not say anything. You know, I'd just go up, bring him up. He would shake my hand on stage. That was the most. <laughs> Interaction I ever had with the guy. It feels like it was eight shows I did with him. It feels like people hmm. that famous aren't real people. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like I saw Eddie Murphy on the new Arsenio, which looked like the old Arsenio. Yeah, it was terrible. You know, but he um not that Prince interview. Excuse me? The Prince interview on the new Arsenio was great. The Eddie Murphy interview was great. Yeah. But Eddie didn't seem like a real person. The show in general was not good though. Oh, right, yeah. All right. Jesus. I mean, why are you so confrontational? I mean, sorry, I just I had a moment. When I, I, saw I understand the that you, if the show was amazingly good and reinvented talk shows, It'd be on why would it be? Why would they cancel it? That's true. Yeah. Look at me right now, dude. Apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. Apologize. Arsenio Hall. No, no, no. Don't say about Arsenio anymore. It was look at me in my eyes and just say, Mr. Lee. You no longer <laughs> can call me Bobby. <laughs> you call me Mr. Lee, and you go, Mr. Lee, me so sorry. I want you to say me so sorry. Look at me right now or I'm leaving. We're, we're I will not do this podcast. You will leave. We're out of time, guys. <laughs> um, look at me right now. <laughs> Mr. Lee, me so sorry. Um, I'm not going to say that. I apologize on behalf uh, of Brian Simpson. Oh, God, yeah. Bobby. Yes, Mr. Lee, yes, Mr. Yes, Lee, yes. please. Are we leaving? Yes, sir. Okay, is that it? Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna Thank you guys for doing it. Eric Griffin, uh, oh, Bobby oh. Lee. You <laughs> said it, I would do this. This is good. It's supposed to be short. It's fine. Thank you. We love you. Bobby and Eric. Bobby, Lee, Eric Griffin. Thank you guys so much. I can't. You guys say Me so sorry. Oh, I love those guys. Check them out. Bobby Lee, Eric Griffin. That was good. You know Eric Griffin from Workaholics. Bobby Lee. He's in fucking everything nowadays. Check him out. <laughs> right, we got one of my favorite comics, uh, paid regular Andrew Santino. Yay. Love this guy so much. Right. Uh, he just got off stage. How was it, Andrew? It was okay. I mean, I was a little bummed because the main room was fucking packed, and the OR had that half pack. But I got to tell you, those are some of those are the best nights. Sometimes, like when it's the half pack, it's phenomenal. Last night it was packed, and it was great. But it's funny to watch a 
a half-packed room still give the same kind of love. So it was fun. It's just so when you walk into the club and you're like, oh, God, the fucking main room's packed. And it just <laughs> yeah, looks yeah. so. It just looks like a big comfy bed. And then uh, you go to the OR and it's half sold out and you're like, it's a twin, but I can sleep in it. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck it. It's all about that cohesion, that, that crowd mm-hmm. cohesion, you know. Well, if they if they're packed in correctly and sat correctly like this club does, then you're fine. Right. But when you go to places where they fucking let people sit themselves and they fucking scatter and they look like a like a bad guess who's lineup and it's like a jagged tooth like this uh, guy's over worst. here and yeah, then they fuck up the rhythm of the room. Then nobody like nobody feeds off laughter when they're shoulder to shoulder. It's much easier, you know. Totally. Oh, yeah. They I'm don't know how many people are behind them. That's the genius of that fucking seating, you know? But it blows, my, it blows my mind how many people don't realize that. I mean, mm. people that don't run clubs or run shows don't understand how important it is. Well, I mean, you know, you, you meet enough club owners as you travel this great country and you, you begin to see how unaware they are of the comedy business versus the business business, you know? Right. That they don't really... They know a lot about, like, running the sh- business and making their coin back, but they're, they miss the steps of, like, what caters to a good comedian which mitzi built this place for that's why this place is so fucking successful it's because like comics like it just as much as people like to come here you know yeah 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 i mean this is my home this is my fucking it's my home club man that's why i like it did you start here i did man this was i mean i wasn't a door guy i never worked here but back in back when i first came to la this were the first this was like the first one of the first few places i did um open mics at Wait, um, what year was that? 2000 and uh, around 06 is when I got... Well, I moved to California. I wasn't living in LA yet. I couldn't afford to be up here. I was living in Long Beach on a lazy boy. <laughs> 2005, 2006, like right around then. Okay. And then, um, yeah, and I jumped around town and did everything I could. And then I got passed first at the Improv on Melrose, which was a remarkably different club than it is now. And... Uh, and then came this. Then, then this was, you know, in a good way or a bad way. I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to put dirt on them, but I think it's it was just better back then. I liked it better back then. There was a vibe of that place that made it more like a comedy club. Yeah, because it seems like now you would have to have be soup like established or to even like get spots there. Whereas, like you said, you got past there first. Where it's like, whoa. Yeah, I got past there first. The system was very different back yeah. then. You know, I just it was it was there was less spots and and the spots were more coveted and there was now I think it's just, it's just different. You know, it's like, yeah. I loved it for the, we used to wa- used to walk into the front bar off of Melrose and to the right, um, was where like the comics hung out. You know, it was like part of that restaurant, but comics were up there. And if you got kind of invited into that world, it was kind of like a tip in the hat or like a, a rat pack inviting you to, you know what I mean? It was like a cool thing for a young comic. If you got to go up there and you knew one of the older comics that was like, Oh yeah, come talk to so-and-so. And the comics used to line that bar, man. And that room was jam packed and it was uncomfortable until they started the show. And it was great. That was kind of the beauty of it. Mm. And you'd be crowded as fuck. And then they start the show and funnel people in. And the lab was just the fucking development bullshit room that barely had shows. They had boxes in it half the time. And, there was something beautiful about slamming the main room dining area. And then when they turned that into a restaurant and then they made the lab a thing and they switched again, they switched again. And then the parking lot. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you just fucking leave it alone. This place yeah. left it alone. Like leave it. That's the, true. Yeah. They, they leave it, you leave it alone for some reason. Like you got, you try to change things too much. I think it hurts it, but 
I used to love going to that fucking club, and then I don't, it's just it's so different now, and I don't dislike it, but it's just you know. Is this your is a store your favorite club here? Yeah, man, my store the store is my favorite club in the country. I mean, there's nothing oh, that tight. Nothing beats the comedy <laughs> store, man. I mean, of the like the top five clubs in the country. Um, I mean, this is my first on my list, and then I I really love. Uh, Denver Comedy Works. I recorded an album there in Larimer Square, and that's one of my favorite places in the world. And um, comedy on state uh, in Madison, Madison, which is oh, so yeah. fucking amazing. I mean, you know, I don't want to run down a list of you know who I like the most. Uh, <laughs> but, wait, so but, you... yeah, in case some other club is like, we're not on there. No, <laughs> but, but no, but it's it. This is my favorite because it's you know it's a it's a fucking it's a Los Angeles. Uh, Temple. I mean, this means a lot to comedy. It's this thing Mecca, has been around the since the beginning. Yeah, it's the beginning. Yeah, so this is the wall. Here, yeah. Yeah. This, this is it. And also because the vibe is and was when I first started, come and you can hang out even if you weren't getting on. You didn't feel like you didn't belong. You just hung out. You know, like you were allowed to hang out on the patio and be here even if you weren't getting up because you were too young or you didn't get a spot yet. And that's nice. And most comedy clubs, if you're not performing, you're not there. You know, the factory True. and the improv were yeah, like, totally. you know, we would hang at the improv at that bar sometimes, but like not, not even close to how easy this was for people to come to, you know, if I had friends from out of town and they wanted to come hang out and I wasn't past here yet, or I wasn't even getting up here yet. This was a nice place to bring them to. Cause it was like, this is the, you know, this is the next, the next thing that I want to get to. So I, yeah, this is the. It's the toughest club in the country, and it's the best club in the country. And I love when people talk shit, especially New York comics. It's my favorite, and they come here and they oh, fucking yeah? eat a dick. It's like my <laughs> what, do, what do they say in New York? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not hating on them. It's just New York has always had this New York versus LA comic thing, but it's funny. It's a very really yeah. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. I, I mean, I've never yeah. done comedy there. I'd love to, but no. Right there's now. a there's a pride. New York has a pride. Like we're New York comics, and we get nine spots a night, and all this fucking bullshit. And <laughs> yeah. There's a thing, you know, and they don't hate us. We know we all know each other, and we're friends with a lot of them. But there is a like a pride thing about New York versus L.A. And sure, it's very um, <laughs> it's very indicative of our the actual relationship with like the state of California and New York is like New York is like yeah we're New York like fucking fuck L.A. and L.A.'s like whatever <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> couldn't care less. Like, yeah, I never hear people here talk like that. No, yeah, New, exactly. New York New York comics just kind of there is a there is a stance about going. That's why a lot of guys around the country and when they want to really you know they're like I want to fucking grind it out in New York like that's how you fucking really grind it out LA is not it's it's not as uh, it's not as tough on you because you don't you only get two couple, couple spots a week when you're first starting out and you're miking all over town and New York you know you can go out there and hit five six shows a night if you're hustling and mm. even when you first start so I think there's a pride factor about that but totally. LA people are like whatever man yeah. I started here I love LA I fucking yeah. I'm happy to be fucking. What, what you do at that time is more important than how many spots you get. That's right, but but yeah. it, it does get communicated differently when you're a young startup comic. You think I can? I have to do a thousand shows a right, night, right? Yeah. Because it's just getting your feet wet, and then you learn that it's about using the time appropriately. But I when I was young, that. I did the same thing, and I, when I first started, I was like, I'll do any show, every show, everywhere, and now. I don't do any show anywhere. <laughs> I do this club and I do, you know, a few other spots just because. Well, uh, you're busy though with a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even when I'm not shooting anything, I, I, I don't want to waste my time like traveling somewhere far because I know that I can get it here. I live here, right here. So it's like, you know, yeah. this is home. Let me switch gears here. What mm -hmm. What is your favorite thing, 
your favorite activity outside of comedy? And like, not not like fucking or no, no, not, I wasn't even gonna go besides there. Besides comedy and coming, <laughs> what is what's like my your favorite, favorite thing, thing to do? Um, well, there's a few different levels. I mean, that's hard to say, but I like, uh, I really like it. Um, I like golf a lot. It's some real heavy white people shit. I really <laughs> love golf. I, I love uh, being out there alone. I like going with some friends. There's a few go- people that from this club that golf, but. I like going alone. It's like the most peaceful shit in the world. I go deep out into the desert and I golf and it's quiet and I just am kind of at peace. It's really nice. It is nice. I've gone yeah. before. <laughs> it's, some, it's, some, it's something it's something special about it to me. I don't know. I really like it. But I like any kind of active thing. I like I like running and going to the gym and I really like uh, reading and watching interesting ass documentaries and learning. Sh- I'm trying to learn more shit that I don't know about. Like get into stuff that I wouldn't really have read or watched um, that incites me a little bit, you know, that's kind of what I'm into right now, but you know, and I like, um, I like staying away from the comedy world when I'm not in the comedy world. I tend to have a lot of relationships with people that aren't comedians because I want to like step away from this. Branch out, do yeah. you feel yeah. like, do you feel like all those things outside of comedy enhance your comedy? Sometimes. I mean, also sometimes it's on purpose for me to get the fuck away from comedy completely. Like, I think a lot of it is kind of an escape. And then a lot of those things will end up influencing, you know, what comes into my brain or how how my stage presence is shaping that week to week, month to month. I mean, I have my voice, but it changes depending on what kind of things I'm going through in my life. But I mean, outside of comedy, like I focus on, I mean, you know, unfortunately, a lot of my drive outside of comedy is focused on the business of comedy and acting and writing and all the stuff that I'm working on. So that takes up a lot of my life. So when I do have free time, I want to have a fucking whiskey and go golf. You know what I mean? Like I want to clear my, you got to turn off the brain. Neil Brennan was just getting me to go to this uh, silent retreat where you don't, you don't talk to anybody, you know, for a week and you walk around people all around you. That's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. You explore your brain, man. Hmm. You don't speak at all? No, you don't speak to anybody. No, you don't talk. You don't talk to anybody. The purpose is to get, you know, more in tune with your own self. We're so, comedians are so in their head all the time about this thing and about the world of, I got to write more jokes, I got to get more things, I got to do the next thing. And when you turn all that off and, you know, you find out some shit about yourself. So that's what I want to do, you know, to find out more shit about how the, how, how my brain works, get more in, t- in tune with me. That's intense. Like, yeah. I didn't I mean, get too so, deep, huh? Which, no, no. I'm saying, like, what, how do you interact with these people? I'm so intrigued now. I know we're supposed to be, like, a few minutes. I'm like, how do you interact with these people that you, you don't You don't. You don't. You just, like, look at them? Yeah, you're allowed to look, and you're allowed to show but emotion in your face. I was going to say, that you people, can't. like, communicate with body language, and then, like, just, Yeah, but like, you can't touch. You can't talk. And you just, like, what if you, like, want to smash, and, like, a guy whips his dick out? They just, like, fuck? Or, I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. You could, fu- you can f- you could fuck a dude if you wanted to, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure it's all dudes? Yeah, it's all dudes. Oh, no, thought... no, no, it's not all dudes. <laughs> He's like, fuck a like, oh, I just give you a fantasy right there. <laughs> all dudes? If you speak, will they kick you out? If you speak, they don't kick you out, but I think it's, I think it's a, it's a self-control thing. I think if you speak, you'd probably want to remove yourself anyway and say, I just can't do this and leave. Because then you're hindering other people's experience. Because the whole thing is like, you know, trying to connect with yourself and other people around you without having conversations. So, so when it's over, what's the first sound you hear? Probably your own tears in the car drive home. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine. Okay. That's yeah. No, I want to go do it. Neil told right. Neil Neil did it, and he told me to do it, and I think it's a fucking 
That's interesting. I think it's a great oh, exploration. That's cool. Yeah. Keep yeah. learning new shit. Like, yeah. Well, thanks for doing uh, this. Is there, course, is there anything man. you want to like, uh, you got a show coming out, right? We got a show coming out. It's a long ways away. If you're listening oh. to this in 2017, February, we have a show coming out called I'm Dying Up Here on Showtime. Oh that's my God. about the comedy store. Oh, yeah. It's a great book. Takes place in the 70s. And uh, and my stand-up hour special will come out on Showtime the exact same time. So Woo! It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be very Yeah, and you fun. can watch Andrew Santino's uh, Half Hour on Comedy Central now. Yeah, you can go plug in and watch all that Comedy Central shit at midnight and Conan and go watch all my stand-ups. Watch it all. <laughs> and then come to the fucking comedy store and laugh. Please come. Yeah. Andrew Santino's oh, yeah. phenomenal comedian, guys. Thanks, Check him man. out. Who's Bye. the store? Bye. We got Ron Funches, man. Who's in store? That's a great name. Yeah, it's a good name. Ron Funches. Did you just get off stage? I did. How'd it go? You know how it. It's just a typical night. Just a typical eleven forty-five o'clock night. Just uh, okay. some some of them hit that I didn't expect. Some of them didn't that I expected. You know, the same old, same old. You're just hitting that heavy bag. Yeah, that's what the store's for. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How you guys night? Oh, good. Good. We get to talk to people that we look up to. You get to talk to paid regulars. That's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what? When did you? Uh, when did you get become a paid regular here? I got became a paid regular here about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, I say a little bit after I wouldn't because I used to not come here that often because it's you know it's a very intimidating place when you're not um when you're not a, re- a regular here whether it's paid or not um you, you know it can seem a little bit int- intimidating a little bit fratty and so i kind of oh, totally. really stayed away from it and then uh you know working on undateable with chris and brent and, and ricky and those guys that uh, they would always be like come out to the store come out to the store and i'd just be like nah i'm you know i'm okay i'll just go to the improv and meltdown or whatever <laughs> And um, I came to the store, but at the same time, it was like I was doing a lot of sets around town, and then I kept being like, "Oh, I keep doing the same material because I'm keep feeling like I'm showcasing for people, and I was afraid to really try new things and and uh, push it." And I was like, I'm, "I need a place where I'm not afraid that, that I'm makes gonna sense. bomb." And so I came to, I ended up coming to the store with Chris and Brent one night, and they all put us all up together and. I just kind of loved it because I was like, this is that feeling. I, I mean, I started in Portland and we had this bar called Sugi's where you kind of just, where it's kind of the same vibe where like it seemed like everybody was just kind of about their own thing and like you really just focus on working on your rhythm and um, what you think is funny and if it hits then you know it works and if not you're just kind of like, well, it's not as strong as I thought it was and I was looking for a place like that here in LA and I was like, well, the comedy store seems to be it so you know now it's like my favorite place to perform because you don't have to worry it's your favorite yeah it's like you know i mean i it's love everyone's it as far favorite, as, yeah yeah it's great i mean there's places where i have better sets it's sure not where I, it's not where i kill it <laughs> you know yeah i mean, I mean especially if you're going up like late like you know maybe tonight even like it's kind of late you know crowds probably smaller than most other fridays so yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, I've dealt, it's not like, you know, I've dealt with crowds of two people, five people, so it's not like, when you come in a comedy store and it's still like 15, 20 people, it's, it's not good. that big of a deal. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes, it, and that's what I love about the comedy store is that there's so many different styles that, um, and usually for me, I find myself following a couple people whose styles are completely different than mine, and I have to kind of ride that first few minutes out where people are kind of like i don't even get this guy right now i don't understand this so um and then usually i'm able to reel them in and get them on board with what i do and then sometimes i'm not and uh 
Uh, but then I'm just like, oh, I got to learn how to explain myself a little bit better. Maybe calm down, slow it down, or you know. My first, uh, my first time seeing any of your stuff, you would, you did a, you did a uh, like a how to cosplay video for mm-hmm. Comic Con for Black people, mm-hmm. and, I, and so I, I just, I just keep hearing you say, "Fuck Jar Jar Binks." <laughs> <laughs> I still feel that way. Are you? Well, as do we all. Um, are you? Do you? Are you making any more stuff like that? Do you have any more like web content? Um, I mean, mostly I've just been writing. Um, I've been um, writing a TV show and writing um, my own cartoon and doing nice. that type of stuff. Um, I'm I'm interested in doing more videos like that, but like right now I've been real busy, and also I'm just interested in virtual reality and doing stuff with that. So, um, but thank you. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. I like doing sketches and stuff Hell like yeah. that. So, um, I mean, that's what I did when I first moved here was, you know, writing on the Kroll show uh, was like my first job here. So it's like, I, lo- I just, I love pitching jokes and helping people out that way. So hopefully I'll do some more sketches, but who knows? Cool. Do, you, uh, do you got anything you want to plug? For mm. you, for I don't know. What do you guys want to do? My Twitter is at Ron Funches. Um, I'm on Instagram at, at Ron Funch. Um, I'm in the Trolls animated movie coming out November 4th. I play a giraffe of a troll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. That's fucking great. Yeah, I'm excited cool. about Well, it. thanks for doing this, man. Of course, man. Ron Funches, everybody. Me. Tony Hinchcliffe in the studio. Yeah. Late night, Friday night, got a 7 a.m. flight tomorrow, which means you have to leave your apartment at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> it is about 12.20 a.m. So I got about uh, five hours from now, which I have to be you know, getting into a car to go to uh, the airport. Where are you going? Tomorrow it's Boston. Fly to Boston, 7.10. I land there at 3.20, and I have an hour to land and make it to the Wilbur Theater to do... When does this come out? Uh, Don't tell me, Renee. As long (laughs) as it doesn't come out tomorrow, I could say that I'm doing a show at the Wilbur Theater at 4.20 with Doug Benson, but that's a top secret thing that hasn't been released yet. Oh, yeah, this definitely isn't coming out. I'm (laughs) popping in on that at 4.20, that's going to be an hour until 5.20. Then I get to go to my hotel room, uh, even though doors open up at 6 p.m. for the 7 p.m. show that I'm doing at the same venue, the Wilbur Theater. Doing a huge theater tomorrow night. Me. Holy shit. Myself. I'm headlining Boston's Wilbur Theater tomorrow night. That's Holy your, is, is shit. That, is this your first theater? No. Okay. <clears throat> it's well, my first, first headlining. huge, crazy. No. Not my first headlining theater either. Oh, wow. My first headlining a theater like that. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's great. You've been talking about this for a while on, on Kill Tony, right? I've been prom- promoting it. Yeah, I got a lot of listeners on the podcast, and they listen from everywhere. So you got to mention out, mention where you're going. You end up learning eventually. When you talk to the people afterwards, like meet and greets, you think a lot of them are from Netflix or the roasts or whatever, but it's amazing how great the podcast fans are that uh listen it's the thing about not having commercials and that old school dumb connection that people are used to that's yeah. priceless and uh your podcast you started here at the comedy store right yep three How- and a half years ago yeah that um that's great up in the belly room right upstairs you started it and now it's yeah. like how yeah, many it's how fun. many people like how many listeners a ton 
Now, I know Kill Tony. About 100,000 per episode, like, subscribe. Wow. Yeah. Kill Tony is the number one something. Yeah, world, check it right? out, guys. It's the number Kill one Tony. live, uh, live in front of a live audience podcast uh, in the world. We're number one by far. Wow. wow. Nothing even close to that. Really? We do once a week for the last three and a half years. We have 170 plus episodes of an hour and a half of continuous craziness. We that's pull incredible. names out of a bucket. I mean, we found you on it. Yeah, that's your right. Was that, was got, that your idea? Not you. You're one of the few San Diego guys, but pretty much everybody else that's good started, came, came out of there. We saw him first. Fang Chow. Uh, I who was, else? I actually started. Name some door guys. I started working it before Hormos, the podcast. Jerong, Stewart. Dude, my Kill Tony, the Kill Tony, I still have people go, like, they're on my, go to my YouTube video or comment or something to hit me up and go, oh, I just listened to. Kill Tony. The, the episode of wow. Kill Tony. Well, those people, there's, as the show gets bigger, this is why I'm doing podcasts is important because as the show gets bigger, then everybody goes and listens to the older episodes once they get to know you. So it's those yeah. episodes are just uh, sitting there, you know. Yeah, it was, that was huge for me. Like my Very first, cool. my first couple of months here, or my first like couple of weeks here. Huge. I got on Melissa Villasenor did the show. And now she's on SNL. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah. So, what do you guys talk about on this podcast? About paid regulars and uh, what they do and how they feel about being a paid regular and how they feel about the comedy store, which. You uh, just told us you started a podcast it's the here at the deal very in the world. Point. I mean, yeah. I started here as a, I'm, you know, you get all the comedians to do this show, but I'm. <laughs> You're a product of the story. I'm black and red all the way. My first time ever doing stand up comedy, I specifically waited to start here. This is your very first time on stage ever? Ever. May 2007. I started here. Wow. I drew. I got lucky. I drew number 14 out of 15 on the open mic somehow. And boom, nice. it started then. How, so how did that lead to you becoming a door guy? It only took a couple months of being here pretty much every night to where Tommy was like, what's your story? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm <laughs> in it. Story. I'm in it all the way. Whatever you can do, let's do it. I'm in. Let's go. Watch. Watch <laughs> us go. And when did you when did you finally get passed? Well, that takes, you know, four or five years, something like that. Five sure. years. Yeah. Yeah. And what and what did that what does that like mean what did that mean for you specifically? It's the biggest deal in the world. I mean, it's still to this very night. You know, it's it has to do with you constantly pushing yourself. You know, yeah, I got paid regular. Whoa, crazy! But you know, then a lot of people get become bums and just phone in their act all the time. Whereas, like you know, paid regularship is just one part of the middle of the mountain of you know everything. Right. It's huge, the biggest deal in the world. But you have to use it once you get it. A lot of people think once you get it, then you got it. But if you don't use it like a motherfucker, yeah. if you're not firing off missiles at 115, and by missiles I mean t- not doing good jokes, I mean doing something out of the box that's different than what they've seen, you know, that's you, but, you know, you 115, and then you have to climb your way all the way up. You know, when Anthony Jeselnik, Rick Ingram, and then me tonight, which is hilarious. And I literally went up, and first words out of my mouth, yep, another powerful, white, super smart guy. Yep, here it is, another one. And we were connected that fast. As fast as I just said those words to you guys, it was boom, we're in it. And that takes being a paid regular, in my opinion, you know, for four years to be able to open like that. And then, then all of a sudden you're into the next level of like, well, how do you push it even more? You know? Being a paid regular just gives you the keys to a car that can take you somewhere. You don't get to 
you know you don't you're not you there already it's not you just a got retirement the home yeah. it's a car yeah. it's a vehicle paid regularship at this place and it's the biggest most awesome deal in the world and if used properly can you know you can live your dreams and make a ton of people happy in a creative fun dark evil way fuck yeah um, well, I mean, I guess I was I would ask you if it's anything you need to plug, but I guess Kill Tony is. I mean, yeah, you got the Kill Tony, Kill Tony you got the one the shot, bunch the of Netflix tour dates. Uh, special one tons, shot. Right? Tons of t- I tour pretty much every weekend. One of the one of the few guys that <laughs> actually does that. What's um What's your favorite? But uh, I got that podcast too. Other than this club, what's your favorite place to perform? <clears throat> like on the road or something? Tons of places, man. Comedy yeah. works. You know everything. Every, every single place outside of comedy. All the heliums. What, what do you do to? What do you enjoy outside of stand-up itself? Um, well, you know, like besides sex, I also you know write on a lot of uh, I write a few things here and there, and I like writing, and I like uh, lately I have a new thing where I'm playing Madden a lot. That, that's that's <laughs> a good one. Football. That's a good one. Because <laughs> if I wasn't a comedian, like if anything happened where I couldn't talk anymore or something, I would just become an offensive coordinator for a team. I'm like way into play calling. Oh yeah. I think that's the shit. And I'm pretty fucking crazy at yeah, it. Jerron told me that you were good, but I'm like, all right, we'll see. Yeah. Jerron's good at like playing the game. I'm so good at play calling that we have good games. We really compete. Cause he's like, fuck halfback draw right then. Third and 14. You get 15 yards on that draw drives people crazy. Drives people crazy. But yeah, play action. You know what I mean? Make them think you're going to run it for the fourth time in a row. Set them up nice and meaty. They finally fire off that blitz. You got them pancaked. It's like chess, but with dudes. It's like you're playing chess with human beings, human lives, helmets and concussions. I love Madden. I played thousands of games of Madden. Imagine if you were playing chess and then the knight was like, fuck, I think I have a concussion. Ow. That's what (laughs) football is. It's chess with concussions. Strategy. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, another day at the office, right? What do you, what, what do you guys? Uh, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened on this show? This I mean, is my first time doing it. He's done it twice. Yeah, we uh, we rotate. We take turns. Who have you? Have you uh, anything? Anybody do anything crazy or cool that would stand out? Um, probably what just happened with Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee and Eric. <laughs> and Eric Griffin this, came somebody together. pulled their dick out. We had them together. Oh, I wish. Bobby, but they had them no, together. We had them together. <laughs> no, he but he 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 uh, he wanted me to to. <laughs> He wanted me to say, uh, Mr. Lee, me so sorry. Ah, I must say, I guess it's, yeah, you had to be there. Yeah. He, he threatened, like, he, if I wouldn't say it, he he, he, he left. He, he got up and stormed off. Like, he really, really sold the joke and got into it. I like it. I'm doing a bunch of dates coming up uh, Australia. <laughs> if anybody's listening in Australia, I'm there the 18th to the 30th. Of, oh, I'm sure. headlining all of Australia. Joining very big venues there. Sydney. Big... Wow. Brisbane. Melbourne. Adelaide. I'm going to be there the 18th to the 30th. Huge Kill Tony on the main room. Uh, October 31st. Halloween special edition. You got to dress up to be allowed in in some way. You have to dress up if you're signing up for the bucket. Everybody on the panel is going to dress up. Every waitress is dressing up. Nice. Hopefully wow. uh, the door guys will figure something out. Put like an arrow through their head or something. One of those it's like you know, headband things. Yeah. And um, what else? We got Buffalo coming up next weekend. And uh, what else? This guys all over where the place. Else do people, where else do people listen from? Spokane, Washington. Damn. I'm headlining there uh, mid, mid to end of uh, November. 
New York City. I'm at Gotham, November 4th at the UFC 207, November 5th, and um, other places, too. It's all coming up fast. guys everywhere, dude. Come and get it. How do you remember all that shit on top of your head? New York City, first week of November. That's going to be fun. UFC 207. You guys know about this shit? No. Or is it 205? It's 205, Madison Square Garden. What's, nice. the, who's the, what's the main card? Conor McGregor. Oh. But ah. it, the whole thing is, is the UFC has been illegal in New York up really? until just a few months ago. And they finally passed it. So people Weird. have been, there's never been a UFC in all of New York. Oh, it's going to be, be one at Madison so, Square Garden. Oh, I'm sure it's been sold out for a while now. Yeah, and the tickets are ridiculous. It's I so bet. funny. It's like comical. The worst seats are. Yeah, because because it's so yeah, it's like a illegal thing. Yeah, so that's cool. You know what? I plugged so many dates. I made such a thing out of it that you know what I'm gonna do? Plug some more. Yeah, I'm gonna plug away. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Do it. If anybody's listening to this, then fuck them. You know what I mean? No, this yeah, this this Spokane, Washington. I got the wording wrong on that. That's uh November third through the fifth. Gotham Comedy Club. 10th and 11th shooting a show out there too come and take it festival kill tony comes to houston texas nice uh the 18th and 19th one of those nights is a kill tony one of those nights i'm just doing stand up at the come and take it festival in houston texas i'm gonna be uh yep that's probably enough for now kill tony every monday live at the comedy store cool nice thanks for doing this tony did i mention buffalo no. next week <laughs> Tony Hinchcliffe, ladies and gentlemen, check him out. Kill Tony podcast, Netflix one shot. Yep, Comedy Tour Central. Dates. Comedy Central roast, right? Comedy Central roast. Everybody loves those everywhere. You think those celebrities think of those things on their own? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They're all nimwits, except for Peyton Manning and Martha Stewart. Really? Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Goodbye. <laughs>